Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I'm, of course, Chris McPherson, hosting today's episode, as always. Uh, coming along shortly to join me will be Josh Spiegelman for the Junkyard Skips Statsman's Performers of the Week. A bumper episode of that this week with six games to cover instead of five with the catch-up game from Tuesday to be covered off. And there's plenty of movement on the leaderboard. It's all happening as the finals race and the race for the title of the second ever Junkyard Skip Statsman of the Year heats up. Uh, we'll also be joined by Harry O'Brien from the Cessnock Goanners to talk all things Denton Engineering Cup. Before we change direction and head over to the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League and dig into something a little bit different this time around, we're going to look at the uh, Ladies League tag and catch up with uh, Kirsty Wicks from the Aberglass and Ants to talk about their club and how things have been travelling after a little bit of a change of the guard. But uh, it's certainly a cracking episode ahead. Plenty of different topics to talk and plenty of rugby league coverage for all fans of all rugby league in Newcastle and the Hunter Valley. So uh, keep around it. Obviously, make sure to follow us on our social media channels, League Castle AU on Instagram, League Castle AUS on Facebook. And give us a rate or review on the podcast platform that you listen to us on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And of course, reach out to us and let us know if you'd like to be involved in the show. Only about half a dozen or so weeks left of League Castle as well as local rugby league action for season 2022. And we look forward to covering off on most, if not all, the grades on that run home to the finals before we wrap everything up with our big grand final shows. Uh, in early September, it's only just around the corner. But without too much further ado today, let's get it underway and kick it off in our usual fashion with our stats man, Josh Spiegelman. All right, the action is heating up. We've had plenty of midweek footy and there's lots to pull apart in the junkyard skips stats performers of the week. The leaderboard's heating up as well and the man on the other end of my phone line tonight who's here every week with us to pull apart the stats is like a kid in a candy store. It's almost Christmas. Finals are just around the corner. Josh Spiegelman, you must be excited, mate. I'm sure you're a little bit drained as well. You've had plenty of footy to, to trawl through and, and punch some numbers out. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Good to be back. Yeah, six games to talk about um, over over a round and a bit, I guess, uh, in this podcast. So I don't know if that equates to playing maybe one minute of a real game, but whatever the case is, I'm fatigued and but I'm ready to rip in. And like you said, kid in the candy store and um, some really, really good numbers to go through this week. Yeah, not the only one fatigued, mate. Um, I think I talked to you uh, in our little ongoing chat that we always have and... Uh, yeah, more than 10Ks of running on the weekend after doing Sweet FA for 12 months. And, um, yeah, I was uh, on Struggle Street uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, the, the whistle's back in the uh, back in the cupboard and won't be coming out again for some time yet. <laughs> the, the competition's worse off without you, mate. Uh, I think, I think, the, I think the, uh, the losing side on the weekend might argue, might argue the other. But, uh, anyway, it was, a, it was a good day. It was good to be back out there. Two good sides in Lakes and Finger. We had a great time. But we're here to talk Denton Engineering Cup and the stats thanks to the boys at Junkyard Skip. So... 
Let's skip all the way back to last Tuesday night. We somehow managed to get the uh, podcast out early in time for it to uh, talk all things Denton Engineering Cup. And here we are again, nearly seven days on. And Central are two points better thanks to the Tuesday night result. 28-14, to 14, they got up over Lakes. Uh, it, was, it was sort of in the balance early on, mate. Uh, but uh, Central just showed that, uh, I guess, top three form that they're, they're heading into the finals with to, to outpoint and outlast Lakes in this one. Yeah, I thought um, Lakes were probably maybe even the better team in the first half. I'd say really impressive considering their um, heavy schedule at the moment. A really uh, fast-paced game on both sides. Big team numbers, carries and tackles. Um, but yeah, Central did storm home in the second half, as the score suggests, which is, I guess isn't surprising considering that heavy schedule we mentioned for Lakes. I think they had a three-day turnaround prior to this. So um, yeah, it was, really, it was a fun match to watch. There are a couple of really highlight moments, a, a really sublime inside ball from Luke Walsh to Spider. Um, who, who went through, destined to score, if not for um, young Caleb Faulkner for the Lakes. Um, fullback there saved a certain try. So really good to see some good Mate, fullback just, action. Just just before we get too much further, I, I didn't know the story behind young Caleb Faulkner until the weekend when I was there at Lakes having a chat to a few of the old boys. He was wandering around playing D-grade for them in Newcastle and Hunter last year. Just sort of rocked up, wanted to have a bit of a run and then kind of went, you know, like, yeah, like he's, he's all right. Got roped up to play a little bit of reserve grade and all of a sudden he's now, you know, um, I guess, you know, outpointed Matt Cooper for the number one jersey and has been an absolute star as we saw anyone that's seen that replay. Mate, he His skill is phenomenal, but to think that he was just wandering around in the lowest grade of pub footy essentially last year, is that's a that's a meteoric rise. That is, mate. That's rags to riches, but you see he belongs in the top grade based on these performances. And I mean, I would hate to be in a pub league going up against him. I don't know. Must have scored about 10 tries a game, but um, I'm glad he's where he belongs now in the big leagues. He certainly is, mate. Uh, he's been a gun performer for them this year, and a great find. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Bubba wouldn't mind if their um, their, their pub side, their C grade side, could uh, send a few more of those through. Uh, might uh, really drive their campaign for season 2023. Yeah, that'd be great, mate. That um, yeah, hopefully. Uh, I don't like Lake have some depth there, so who knows who's going to come through next. But the boys that were on the field, mate, they they impressed as well for both clubs here, Lakes and Central. And before we get to the points, I just Roll off a couple of honourables here. Um, first off to Tom Madden off the bench for Central. Had a try, a line break, five tackle busts, 83 metres at 9.2 a carry, 96% defence. And on the other side of the um, team, Lyndon Hills, the, the Lakes lock, 96% defence, 136 metres to top Lakes, um, three tackle busts, a line break, three kick pressures. So those boys definitely worth a shout out. They're just missing out on the points. Yeah, some good numbers there. Not managing to break into those top three, the three, two, and one, mate. But without any further ado, knowing we've got six games to get through, who did pick up the points in the midweek catch-up? Yeah, mate. Uh, one point here to Charlie Muir, the, the late second rower, having a purple patch there with one try, two line breaks, seven tackle busts, 114 metres, 89% defence. So, as I said, he's having a great few games leading up to this one. Um, two points here to Dan Peck, whose name is becoming very familiar to listeners' ears here, registering in the points a lot recently. Um, two try assists and two line break assists in this game. So including the game prior to this, that's six of each of those stats in the last two games in the space of three days, which is pretty nice. Uh, 36 tackles to top both teams uh, at 100%. No penalties or errors. And it won't be the last time we mention him on this podcast. No, he certainly he must have shoulders of granite for you know only only a small bloke and I had a great chance obviously to chat to him on the podcast and then caught up with him as well um, during the week so uh, sorry on the weekend after the game and yeah just a guy that loves his footy is an absolute workhorse and 
Like there's, there's not a lot of him, so the amount of tackles and work that he gets through is absolutely phenomenal because there's a lot of big boys out there that are running straight at him when he's in the middle. But he wasn't the star of the show, unfortunately. He only got the two points on Tuesday night. Who was the man who outpointed Dan Peck with all those numbers? Yeah, I think um, Central's centre, and not the one we usually mention, um, Kai Cooper. We're going to go with Tamanu Alexander, the other bullocking centre in Central's back line there. Had a ripper of a game with a try, two line breaks, 10 tackle busts, a try assist, a line break assist, 118 metres at 10.7 a carry, no errors, and 100% defence. So well done to Tamanu with three points. And similar to Peck, it won't be the last time we mention him in this podcast. Little little uh, foreshadowing there, mate. I like it. Building up the suspense. Stay tuned for you know the next thirty minutes or so as we keep churning through, guys. Because there's some hints there as to what's going to happen in round seventeen. It's like you can tell the future. Uh, <laughs> but let, let's have a look and let's move forward in, into round seventeen. And don't get confused. There's no time travel going on. We do head into round seventeen, followed by round eighteen, followed by round fifteen over the next few weeks. It's the joys of all the wet weather we've had, although no signs of wet weather on the weekend. It was a cracking day for footy with all the games played on Saturday, mate. Uh, big numbers at uh, most of the grounds from what I could see in terms of footage. Certainly bumper crowds at a couple of the old boys' days and, and some... Look, there's a couple of, couple of tight games, a couple that blew out late and then a couple that were just absolute whitewash games. And we might start with the, the whitewash ones to start with, mate. Uh, Macquarie and Central both putting on clinics and... Seeing as we're already talking Central, let's transition straight into Central. They headed up to the graveyard and uh, really probably silenced the Curry crowd on Old Boys Day, 56 to nil. They got out of the blocks fast and posted some really big numbers here in terms of players across the paddock. Yeah, they did indeed, mate. And, and we should probably mention off the top, congratulations to Mitch Cullen. I'm sure you probably want to say the same, 150. Yes, mate. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's no small feat. Uh, we've talked about a couple of guys getting 100 games and, and bigger milestones in recent weeks, but it feels like every week we're seeing someone get up some of these milestones, but you know, the higher those numbers get, obviously, the more challenging it is to do, and Mitch still has plenty more games ahead of him, undoubtedly. He'll try and tell you otherwise, but mate, he's been an absolute warhorse for that side for a number of years and, and hopefully will remain so for, for some years to come. Definitely, mate, and, and yeah, congratulations to him again. Unfortunately, Curry being as they are at the moment, low on troops, and this this game as well, they lost two people, two players rather, in the first I think ten or fifteen minutes, which didn't help them either. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, well done for just playing out the match, I guess, on their heavy schedule. But I mean, Central, wow, what a game from some individuals in this team, and the team numbers were incredible, as you can imagine with this scoreline. There's a few honourables to rattle off here, and when I read off these, you, you'd think most of these would get three points in any other game. So I'll just rattle these off first. Um, Cam King, number eight for um, Central, big big front rower here. One try, three line breaks, ten tackle busts, a line break assist, a try contribution, two hundred meters from fifteen runs, and he couldn't get a point. So that's showing you which way we're going. And moving on as well, uh, Tamano Alexander, the, the player we mentioned about uh, two minutes ago, one hundred and eighty-four meters, thirteen tackle busts, two line breaks. And Witty Baker off the bench, a try, a line break, four tackle busts, 116 metres, 11.6 a carry, and 100% defence. And we're going to give a shout-out to Curry's Billy Shaw at lock. So it was a great, a great work rate, uh, 157 metres and 47 tackles against the big central pack. So some of those numbers are just incredible, and they don't even get a point, which makes me very sad. It's some crazy numbers, mate. And, and I know Big Wits has been uh, absolutely... Uh 
chewing your ear off in in the chat on Instagram. He loves the stats and uh, he'll he'll be pumped to hear his numbers up there. Not only you know recognizing that big performance, but I know that he, he likes to hear that uh, he's done well and and can put some numbers on him. And there's a lot of the guys uh, who, who like to have that measure. So great to hear, but. I, I'm I'm intrigued to, to to hear the sorts of phenomenal numbers that if those guys aren't even getting points that pick up minor points, let alone whoever takes out the maximum points here. Exactly, mate. We'll start off with a one point here. And how often is it that we see someone score four tries in a first grade game and only get one point from the stat man? So that's just incredible. Um, Kaya Cooper here, four tries, dominant out wide, 144 metres, 11 tackle busts, four line breaks. And for each one of these point getters here, I've tallied up the super coach points. Because, I mean, if you had the trifecta, it's an auto win if you had these super coach players. So, Cooper had 150 super coach points, and he's only getting a point from the stat man. So, that's, can't that's, wait that's, to see. Mate, that's crazy. 150 points. Like, any day of the week, that's a walk-up, you know, player of the round in the NRL. You're posting 150 points. So, I, I, I'm almost a little scared to hear who's got the two and the three and the numbers they would have put up. But, I, you know, I can imagine with some of the attacking weapons that... Central have got that you you almost would have had some options to choose from. So who have we got in the two points? Mate, the two points is scary indeed. He scares everyone week in, week out. The spider here. Um, three tries, 240 metres. So he's nearly threatened Matt Sobel as 277 a few weeks ago. That was the comp record. Three line breaks, 12 tackle busts, two try assists, three line break assists. And if not for the next man's performance, that's a three points easy performance. And this super coach is actually more than the person that got the three points, but we'll explain why later. 180 super coach points, which is the highest I've seen in this competition. So that is just incredible by Spider and does him a lot of favours in the um, Statman leaderboard. I was going to say, that'll see him move up two leaderboards, those numbers. One of those will be the Statsman, where he's definitely got to be there when the whips are cracking now with only two games remaining. But it also puts him alongside the, the the man that I thought was almost untouchable, even though he's, only, he's missed half the season, James Bradley. I believe they're now both level after the weekend on 13 tries. So that's a race to watch as well, the top try scorer in the competition, because that is certainly absolutely heated up at the moment. Um, if we have a look at that, we've got, as I said, yeah, Cameron Anderson and James Bradley both on 13. Kaya Cooper with his four on 11. Matt Sopalola is up to 10. Um, and then you've got a handful of players... Uh, and for leading four, big Reed Alchin on nine. So he's still in striking distance as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's neck and neck up there. I think Brock Lamb's got the top point scorer wrapped up, but we'll uh, we'll see that over the last two rounds. So can Spider and James Bradley race that out? Uh, could Spider do the double, mate? Leading try scorer and stats man of the year. If he keeps up this form, he'd be uh, hard to beat. That would be a juicy double, mate. I'm sure he... He values the try score more, but the, the stat man award is, is a nice one to have in the back pocket or <laughs> a tattoo in the back area, as we mentioned the other week. So. Well, look, you know, we, we would expect seeing as that's where Royce has set the bar that Spider gets something equally good. You know, like I'm not, I'm not saying it's got to be on his backside. He can choose where it'll be. Um, you know, if he wants to get it somewhere a bit more public, maybe on the forearm or the chest. You know, I'm sure Spider gets the rig out plenty during summer. So we're, we're, we're open, we're open to these options, mate. So it's a good, good way to spend your 150 dollars of prize money. Thanks to Junkyard Skips, is on a tattoo, right? I'd say so. Anyway, you can commemorate it fairly. But, mate, enough about Spider because he's not the man that got the three points here. He's been outpointed. Can you tell me who it was and why? Well, it's actually the um, central halfback in this match. So when I say central halfback, who do you think of? I'm thinking Fletcher Kennedy, Luke Walsh, Ryan Walsh. They've got a cast of thousands of them, so it's got to be one of those, right? 
It's not one of the Walsh's, and it's not an actual playmaker on his on his regular day. Randall Briggs here in the number twelve. He's come into the halves here for Luke Walsh, who was either rested, I guess, or injured, um, considering I guess the opposition and, and the way the way the schedule's breaking down. So, just these are just record numbers here, and they're only in two stat categories: line break assists and try assists. And I don't know how. I, I feel like we need a drum roll for this or something. But <laughs> You you, you, say, you've, you've put me on the spot, mate. I've got some other sound effects. I think I've got a whip and a tiger, but I don't think either of those are suitable right now. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll just, uh, you know, get the, get the bit of a. There Love you go, it, mate. Okay, thank you very much. Line break assist. Seven line break assist. Wow. Six try assist. Let that soak in for a good five seconds, listeners. Seven and six. Can I can I just confirm that's more line break assist and try assist than have been provided by the whole of the night spawn in twenty twenty two. There's no need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable numbers, mate. A, a second row. I know he's got playmaking in his, you know, in his background and whatnot. But there's not much he can't in- do. But still, to, to fill in out of position and put up that, to put those sorts of numbers up full stop is phenomenal. But to do it when you're not a primary playmaker, as you say, yes, he's he's played a little bit of you know, sort of ball running five eight. But that's provo- They're real providing numbers, aren't they? So really, just stepping up for his side there. That's phenomenal. And not only that, mate, he's also taken over another duty for the week that obviously Luke Walsh usually does, which is the goal kicking. So he's managed to nail eight from 10 conversions in the game, old Randall. So we talked about Supercoach points earlier. He hasn't quite hit the lofty numbers of Spider, but he had 161 Supercoach points just based off those line break assists, try assists, conversions. And he didn't have many runs, obviously, with those playmaking stats and not, not too many tackles, but no misses and errors. So 161 Supercoach points, 180 for Spider, 150 for Cooper. Any of those players you'd love to have in the team and just phenomenal effort uh, by Central in this game. Mate, if you captain one of those three, you're going to get somewhere from 640 to about 700 points, right? I, I, can, I can remember weeks where my NRL Supercoach team didn't get that many points. So that's, you know, that's some, some big numbers for three blokes to be putting up. Uh, admittedly, as we talked about, Curry, you know, a valiant effort against them, but down on troops, as you said, a couple of players going down early. But that's just that's impressive at this level of rugby league. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And, and hats off to those those three boys from Central in particular, but to Central, an absolute clinical performance and probably should be ringing some alarm bells for a couple of those other sides that are sitting in the top five, which is uh, all but secured in terms of the participants, just the, the order to be settled. So, yeah, that's, that's scary, mate. And uh, Central in good form. Another side in good form we'll transition into, mate, uh, is Macquarie. Uh, they won 44 to nil against Wyong. Wyong still mathematically in the hunt, but they knew they were basically out of it, as Mitch Williams had said last week. But the Scorps, they're going on a run. They know they need to boost their four and against if they're going to real Cess knock in, and, it, and it's gotten really tight there um, for that third spot at the moment. But uh, the Scorps, yeah, they, they put on an attacking clinic, and it was their, some of the usual suspects featuring amongst the points, mate. Yeah, that's right, mate. And I was actually at this game. Statman made a rare appearance driving up there on the way to, to the Knights Bulldogs the next game. They'd be thoroughly disappointed once more. So it was a nice day out. Nice bunch of guys they got there. Nice to meet some of them. Um, uh, and, and yes, we should say congratulations to, to Royce Jeffrey as well, who also had 150 milestone uh, games for the Scorps. Got a presentation before the game. So well done to Royce, Statman favourite. Yeah, well done to the reigning Statman of the year. Uh, did we get confirmation of the tattoo or was he being a little shy? 
I'm happy to say we got nowhere near that confirmation. <laughs> we'll, just take, we'll just take Matt Roach's word for it. It's okay. Uh, mate, let's, <laughs> let, let's move on. I'm sure with that sort of performance, you've got a few honourable mentions, uh, some, some big numbers put up here as well. Yeah, I do, mate. Um, but Baden Searle, uh, three try assists, three line break assists, and a further try contribution. But just a, a couple of negatives that kept him out of the points for me. Um, he would have got a point or two in most other games as well. Well, maybe except that central one. But um, the three guys who got the points here thoroughly deserved. And also, Statman favourite Matt Moon um, also just missed out this week with a try, a line break, a line break assist, five tackle busts, three effective offloads, 32 tackles at 94%. So really hard to leave those boys out of the points, but you'll understand why when we hit up the one point. Yeah, well, we'll just we'll just give that uh, motivational speech to Matty Moon that you know he's going to need a few more numbers than that one to get in the points, but two if he's going to lead this Scorp side to a premiership, so they can retire that number fourteen jersey that we're uh, you know we're trying to get Matt Roach and um, Kitty to to commit to if he can lead him to a premiership. But you know anything's possible. He can do a lot, but not quite enough in terms of those still impressive numbers to get into the points. He was outpointed by another show favourite, mate, um, picking up the one point. Yeah, that's right, mate. Luke Higgins, the, the, the workhorse here for the Scorps. 20 runs, 188 metres, nine tackle busts, which is a team high, and 95% in defence. So you, you don't see the line break numbers this week or, or tries or whatnot, but he played a really important role here because they lost Bobby Tracy early to an injury, and, and Luke plugged the hole in the middle because he started out wide. And just for those nine tackle busts and 188 metres, I don't think he had a run over maybe 15 metres. So those are tough, hard-earned metres, not, not line-break metres. And, um, yeah, those tackle busts they're really getting his team um, on the front foot winning the ruck. So uh, well done to Luke. I did find that phenomenal to hear that Bobby Tracy had gone down early because I dead set thought that bloke was the Terminator looking at him. Um, so we wish him all the best and hopefully it's nothing too serious for Bobby and hopefully see him back out there because he's been a certainly um, a very assertive presence in the front row for the Scorps this year. Yeah, he has made. He's um he's a scary man to, to walk past at the game and probably scary to have running at you too. So hopefully he's back next week for that bumper match against Maitland. But it isn't any of the forwards that got the two and three points. It's um two of the backs for the score. So we'll just start off with the two point here to Kerrit Holland, the fullback. Um, seven from seven conversions and one from one penalty goal to start with. So that's obviously um, helping the score in their for and against, which is critical this time of year. 121 metres carrying the ball seven tackle busts, five offloads, all effective. Uh, the breakdown of that stat is, is ineffective. Is it, it hits the ground or puts your team in a negative position, you know, losing metres. These ones helping uh, the Scorps on the front foot. Good second phase play. One try contribution, one line break contribution, and a team high 10 support. So well done to Kerrin. Yeah, good to see the experience striking in there for uh, Kerrin. Obviously, he was brought to that squad and uh, has added a lot, but um, yeah, his experience will be invaluable as they head deep into the finals. But uh, again, Kerrit only picking up the two points, and it was a name that we don't see all that often popping up, but he is a reliable contributor for this side uh, when he's in the side, uh, picking up the three points. And, he, and I know he posted some pretty solid numbers, including getting across the stripe a couple of times. He did, mate. That's Jeremy Gibson, then their 5'8 here with two tries, two line breaks, seven tackle busts, a further try contribution and line break contribution. Nine support runs and pushes, 92% with an error force. So I'm pretty sure he got players player I saw the other day as well, or the day after I did the stats. So um, well-deserved, probably best on ground, um, and helps him on the leaderboard as well. Certainly will help him as uh, he will continue to claw up his way up there as uh, undoubtedly Luke Higgins chips away as well 
Well, a few missed games might hurt Luke's long-term cause of uh, taking out the top title. I'd love to see a prop win this one. Yeah, geez, it'd be good, wouldn't it? It would be nice. But let's move along, mate. That's the Scorps running out when it's 44 to nil. Let's head up to Baddeley Park at Cessnock, where uh, our this week's guest uh, was one of the players who uh, was heavily involved in this game. Unfortunately for him, not heavily enough to get some points, but he has been heavily involved in uh, making sure you're... Uh, on retainer there at Cessnock, mate. Cessnock, 28-6. to six, They defeated the entrance. And uh, we'll have Harry O'Brien on the show later on just to prove that it's not always the three-point getter from the week before that we get on. But, um, yeah, we'll have a good chat with him about Cessnock and their run home. But who was it that, that featured here? Cessnock ran away with this one late, um, probably a, a little bit flattering the scoreline to them in the end. Yeah, it was, mate. It was a tight game in the first 30 minutes. So it was locked at 6 all. Um Peter Godinay came on and scored basically with his first touch from dummy half with a scoot there. So uh, that, that that pushed the score to 12-6 and it kind of went from there in the second half. Yeah, I thought, you know, the entrance have shown good patches all season, but obviously against teams like this, they'll have to be consistent across 80 minutes to match it with this sort of calibre. Um, I'd be remiss, it'd be remiss if we didn't give Harry O'Brien, a, I guess, an honourable mention for this game, even though he didn't get in the points. Um, 155 metres, which, which actually topped the team from 16 carries. An effective offload, a tackle bust, a line break assist, and a forced dropout. So not a bad um, effort from Harry. And um, sorry for getting the points this week, mate. That's all right, mate. He, I'm sure he will forgive you. He um, He's loving the stats and will love the uh, fact that you got those numbers. And as always, he's a dangerous running player in that open field, which shows with those numbers. But who was it that outpointed him, mate, to uh, take out the minor placings here for Cessnock? Yeah, just a point here to Sam Clune, who was instrumental getting Sassnock across the line with two try assists and a line break assist. He also had 15 or so tackles. Um, and no real negatives in Sam's game either with um, errors or whatnot or penalties. So um, that just nudged him uh, above Harry for the one point for me. Uh, two points to Jared Anderson, the, the bullocking centre out there who probably could play second row, obviously, um, really caused the entrance problems. Five tackle busts, 128 metres and an offload. And then three points was a pretty clear winner here for me. Uh, Wyatt Short, Cessnock second rower, had a try. 129 metres at 11.7 a carry. Seven tackle busts, a line break, a further try assist. 25 tackles, which topped the team at 96% with one forced error. So um, Wyatt was a clear three-point winner for me. He's been strong for them in a few games this year, Wyatt. He certainly stands out. Um, in terms of the efforts he puts in for them. And, and yeah, he's been a key, I guess, contributor on that edge um, and through the middle when he's played there. So good to see him. He'll be a uh, he'll be a bit of a, a smoky moving up that leaderboard to maybe feature on the cusp of maybe the top 10. I don't think he's going to probably threaten quite to take it out, but with a bit more form like he's had uh, this week, uh, he'll certainly be there when the whips are cracking. So, um, again, a good showing from the Goannas to really keep alive their top three uh, spot and um, continue to cement where they sit on the ladder. Let's head uh, down to Carlover where they had their Old Boys Day on Saturday as well, mate. And unfortunately for them, it wasn't their home side that got the chocolates. It was a close run thing in the end, but Wes certainly uh, got away with the, the two points there in the rivalry. 20 points to 18, the Rosellas. Uh, it was um, it was a fairly, fairly tightly held game all across the 80 minutes. Yeah, it was, mate, and probably give credit to West here. The fact you would have seen as well, they lost um, Hayden Luffrey, their up-and-coming fullback, to an injury in the first half. And then I think literally the next tackle, they lost Ben Stone, the inspirational lock forward as well. So it was a really good job for them to hang on for the 80 or however long it was after those injuries uh, for the win with, with two players on the bench. And 
Um, I don't do West stats, but if I did, I think I would probably be giving a point to either Jake Goodwin or, or Matt Herman. I think I think it is in the in the middle there for for West. They played big minutes with big carries, um, but yeah, honourables to them. But I, I just don't have the the raw data for to shout them out. But I do have the raw data for a couple of Lakes boys who got the one and two points, and we'll go uh, one point to Lakes Lock Lyndon Hills who got an honourable in their last game. Really tireless effort here. A team high 20 carries for 187 metres, four tackle busts, 26 tackles at 100%. So pretty faultless effort from Lyndon. Yeah, he was very solid on the day. I was fortunate enough to be down there for this one. And, mate, I'm going to put two and two together. And literally, that's a bit of a pun on what we are talking about before and who got the two points on the catch-up game. You alluded to Dan Peck before. And seeing that West won, I'm going to assume, as you know, we usually do, that the three points is going to go to someone from the winning side. So... Tell me, two points to Dan Peck for the second game in, in five or six days? It is, mate. Dan Peck, the man on the mission recently. In, in the last four games, he's been everywhere. And um, this game was no different, as you saw firsthand, with a try, a line break, a try assist again, a try contribution, a line break assist, four tackle busts, and then a team high, just a cool and calm, 46 tackles at 92%. So I don't know what what how many energy drinks this guy drinks, but... Every game he's up there in the tackle count, mate, and um, puts it all on the line on offense as well. So really good effort by Dan recently. He certainly does, mate. He's an absolute workhorse, and I can confirm that he was rehydrating well with some of the uh, the best of the blue cans after the game, which is, you know, very very good to see. Uh, the boys were uh, very willing with their time for the old boys afterwards, Lakes, which is great to see. And, um, look, the game was played in pretty good spirits. There was... Um, a very vocal and, uh, you know, fired up crowd there. So West did well to walk away with the three points. And, mate, I'm not surprised, you know, using the eye test that this man that you've given the three points to outpointed Dan Peck because he had an absolute uh, absolute stellar performance on the day. He did, mate. And like I said, I don't have the raw data for West, but I do note down the key, uh, in, uh, I guess, incidents. And Sam Keenan is the man here. Uh, since he's come back, he's definitely lifted that team. He makes that side better, obviously. Uh, from a data perspective, he had a try assist, two try contributions, one line break assist, a line break contribution. So he had his hands all over their win in this game. Um, great general play kicking, uh, really really good uh, finding the grass and the long kicks and also the short kicks. And yeah, yeah, couldn't go past him for the three points in the win. I thought he was instrumental. He certainly was, mate. And as I said, on the eye test, Sammy looked very good and he's looked to be a real key contributor. And especially with um, Lockery going down at the back and the readjustment with Witters moving back to fullback, uh, he had a bit more responsibility on him and steered them to the two points. But mate, the final game saw the ladder leaders, Maitland. They uh, had the uh, the big effort of heading down to Townsend Oval. Never an easy job, but they made it look easy on the scoreboard. They absolutely put the cleaners through them in the first half before a bit of parity, I guess, between the two sides in the second. But they'd done so much in the first half that they ended up running out winners 34 points to four. And, uh, yeah, I guess put almost one and a half hands on that minor premiership. They only need, realistically, with their four and against, one more win on the way home in the remaining two rounds to seal a minor premiership again for the uh, the boys from Maitland Sports Ground. Yeah, definitely, mate. And a, a note here that South were down a man for most of the game after 15 minutes. They lost Jacob Affleck to a pretty ugly send-off. Careless, not not intentional, just a head high. So um, I'd say South could probably take something out of this match down to 12 and keeping it close for a chunk of the game soon after, but then also later in the match as well in the second half. Uh, there were three three nice moments, three separate try saves from individuals for South in the second half, so some uh, really good hard shown there, but 
as we all know, you can't give a sideline mail and that advantage mate for the bulk of the game and that scoreline of result was to be expected given the talent across Maitland's um, lineup. So a couple of, couple of honourables here to start with from a stats perspective. I'm just going to start with a show favourite, Matt Sobalula with a try, a line break, a line break assist, a try assist and three tackle busts. Um, South fullback Harry Van Dyle with team high 170 metres at 10.6 a carry with two line breaks and seven tackle busts. And Frank Paul, the wrecking ball, 145 metres at 10.4 a carry was pretty strong for South in the middle. Um, and if you're ready, mate, we'll just rattle off the one, two, threes. Well, yeah, let's roll into the points, mate. Some good honourable mentions there, but I'm looking forward to seeing who's picked up the points here um, for the final match of round 17. Yeah, it was a clean sweep for me for Maitland here with the points with a, some pretty good numbers here. So one point to Alex Langbridge, their hooker, with two line break assists, a line break contribution, a try assist, two try contributions and 96% defence. Two points to Jimmy Bradley, who gets his first Statman points for what feels like a couple of months now after going out to, I think, seven in the first few games. And he's been really close in, in recent matches, but this game, I just couldn't deny him. Two points here with a try, two line breaks, three tackle busts, a team and game high, 191 metres at 14.7 a carry as he spent a bit of time at fullback when um, Matt Sopalola and Dan Lambridge had a rest. Uh, good to see Dan back on the field there for Maitland. And three points to none other than Brock Lamb, their playmaker. Three try assists, three line break assists, a line break contribution, a line break, and a 40-20, which really helped them during the game with his kicking. Uh, I think he had 10 effective kicks. So really well done to Brock and well done to Maitland. Yeah, good win for Maitland. And Mr. Consistent Brock Lamb, as always, when they do get caught in these games where a big period of it um, sort of settles to an arm wrestle. It's not surprising that he's the one that tends to take control, steer the ship, and, and build up those stats. So, again, well done to him. And, again, he'll be creeping up that leaderboard, as will James Bradley, uh, after his uh, what might be best described in terms of points. A, a bit of a mid-season hibernation, mate. Yeah, I'd say so, mate. But he's back in fourth now, and, and he got another try here. And as you mentioned before, the, the race is heating up between him and Spider for top try scorer. So I'm sure he'll be bringing the big guns in every game going forward. Yeah, I'm sure he will as well, mate. And uh, only a couple of games left to uh, claw his way in there. Um, and, of course, round 18, an absolute cracking game around this weekend. It's great. We've got two top five battles, well, actually top four battles, uh, a rivalry game between South and West, the entrance versus Lakes, which both of them have got pride on the line and Wild and Curry as well. So plenty of reasons to get out to the footy across the weekend, mate. Um, and, yeah, certainly better than uh, going and watching that, uh, that uh, well, I can't even think of a nice word to say about that you and I sat through that punishment that we sat through on Sunday. Yeah, mate, that was a abysmal game. Yeah, not looking good for the Knights. Don't know where we go from here for, for next season. Not many signings, a couple of forwards, but, but the issue is obviously the spine. And, and Ponga, mate, the concussions now, I mean, I don't know if he was worth a million before the, these issues have, have got even worse. And now, yeah, I mean, it's really, we're really troubling and might have, you know, condemned ourselves for a few miserly years at the bottom of the ladder with that money tied up at one and I did see today I don't know if you saw that um, the Eels are now trying to get Clemmer out of the contract uh, for the rest of this season so might save a bit of money there but who knows mate we're in a tough spot mate, that, that's a whole topic that I, that I could uh, spend an hour on these players you know Nofal Luma and you know Clemmer and that all of a sudden you know looking at you know going and jumping ship for a few weeks and oh, it'd just be bizarre for me imagine going from the Tigers to Melbourne if you do win a premiership and then having to go back to the Tigers 
can't tell me that you're not looking for any out of, out of your contract at that point. But anyway, it's um, it's an interesting world we live in with these trade deadlines and different things moving around at the moment. But we'll watch uh, this space. I honestly don't think the Knights have missed much of a beat without Clemmer at the moment. There's not much happening there, not much effort, not a lot of anything. And probably the only thing you've got to look forward to, and I use that term loosely, is you know, two potential spoon bowl games coming up against the 15th and 16th place teams, which, you know, could could be good or it could be bad because you lose both of them. Um, and with the Titans run home, you're very much in the in the frame for uh, uh, the uh, the 16th spot, the dreaded wooden spoon, which I think would make, you know, four, four of those in something like eight years or something. So... Yeah, not not great times at, at uh, Hunter Stadium. Nah, terrible, mate. And, yeah, it's scary to look at that Titans team. You know, I don't know how bad their coach may, but on paper they, they've got some pretty good players. Whereas, oh, I guess we do too, mate, with the origin, well, supposed origin forward pack scattered there. And Yeah, I don't know, mate. I'm just lost for, lost for answers now. I just dive deeper into the local league and bury myself in that enjoyment, mate, so I don't have to suffer with the NRL. <laughs> Yeah, we still dragged ourselves there on Sunday. I'm not even a Knights fan, so I don't know what I'm doing, but, geez, it makes me feel better about the Raiders. Uh, They're looking good, mate. You should be happy. They're looking good. Yeah, we'll see how we go, mate. A couple of big games to come, but, uh, mate, nothing bigger than this these next two weekends. Some absolute bumper clashes, as we said, obviously, this weekend, and then, you know, the likes of Cessnock are playing Central, and then they've got Maitland the week after. We've got the catch-up game, Macquarie and West, in a couple of weeks, and then four weeks of finals culminating with that game that'll actually be exciting to go to... Uh, Hunter Stadium for mate, so yeah, it's um, yeah, it's looking really good in terms of the way it's shaping up. It's a shame in some ways that the finals race is already decided, but as I said, you know, no position locked in. Maitland guaranteed a top two finish, but that's all we know at this point. Every other position is up for grabs, depending on results and how teams go. So yeah, I'm looking forward to these final two rounds plus that one catch-up game. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty here, plenty of pride, and as we'll talk about with Harry O'Brien, I know it's a conversation I've had with him. Um, already, there's um, you know, even if those sides are not there, they're looking to build momentum as Cessnock did a few years ago that they can take into 2023. So exciting times! Get down, support your local side this weekend, mate. Um, big thank you to you again, as always. I know you've been absolutely trawling and squeezing some time in so that we can try and get this out midweek rather than the back end of the week. Uh, it goes a long way, and yeah, a big thanks to the boys at Junkyard Skips for continuing to bring this uh, segment to us and putting out the prize money. That's it, mate. Thanks to Junkyard Skips. Thanks to all the listeners. And thanks to all the players who, who put in this work and uh, it's really tight, a heavy schedule and, yeah, some tremendous numbers of you as we've rattled off. And thanks for the guys who give up the time to come on the podcast, Harry O'Brien this week, and all the guys, the players have messaged the podcast too, whether it be about just general footy or stats that, that drives me, keeps me going through about 20 hours or I guess you can call probably a part-time job, not a, not a side job anymore. <laughs> so uh, all the positive feedback helps. And, um, yeah, thank you, Chris, for running the podcast. I, I don't know what would happen. I think my other half would get sick of the real me if I didn't do this. So, you know, what else What else will we do with our Monday evenings most weeks? We love it. We love the footy. And as you say, we love the engagement with the guys that are getting into uh, both the Facebook and um, the Instagram pages with plenty of, plenty of conversation and getting around it because that makes, you know, I guess us know that there's some value in what we're continuing to put out there. So a big thanks to all them. Thanks to you, mate. I will let you get to your very important dinner reservation and uh, look forward to talking footy with you during the week and again on next week's app. Thanks, mate. Kitty and, and, and Matt Roach are going to get me about that dinner stuff, mate. On my Instagram, every, every two seconds, I'm at, at dinner, apparently. So they've already given it to me in person. Now I'm going to not hear the end of it. <laughs> yeah, well, look, you know, I love Kitty, but I don't think he's missing many dinners either. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
he's not the physique he certainly was when he was when he was wearing the blue, red, and white out at Curry. But uh, no, nah, good value those boys, and they they like to give out as much stick as they take. So I will give them plenty of credit for that. And uh, yeah, speaking of that, Bub- Bubba was into me about my rig on the weekend, so I better not throw too many stones. So uh, it's a great thing about this competition, mate. Lots of blokes that are prepared to give out and uh, take a little bit of banner, which we love. We love it, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Time to kick off with all things Denton Engineering Cup and uh, after a weekend of our top four flying high with some big results, we thought we'd get uh, one of the go-to men of the Cessnock Goannas after their win over the entrance, which unfortunately for the Tigers put an end to their season, but uh, keeps Cessnock's top three hopes well and truly alive and uh, he's been an instrumental figure for them for the last couple of years and he's also an instrumental figure in uh, being the number one fan of our stats man, Josh Spiegelman, and getting him on board at Cessnock there. He's put the pressure on the coach, Harry Saker. It is the other Harry from Cessnock. Harry O'Brien, welcome back to Lee Castle, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. Good to be back. Mate, uh, I, I want to know first up, as I said in the intro there, how much pressure did you have to put on Harry's to uh, make sure you started getting some of the numbers crunched? I know Big Sione's a big fan. He gets uh, behind Josh as well, but there's a few of you boys up there that would be happy with getting some, some metrics to what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's where it came from, to be honest. Because especially with um, with how close the competition is, it's not just a matter of oh, and and the way things are going in, in footy anyway. It's not just a matter of oh, who scored the tries or, or done what. Me as a fullback, especially, I like taking note of um, my carries per week and sort of uh, hitting those indicators as to whether I need to be doing more, or doing less. So um, that's the that's the part that I wanted it for, but. Harry had a good point. He didn't want to get on board with it too early anyway because with a lot of our spines moving around and our, our team from round, say, round three to now is almost completely different. So um, he was just always going to hold off and then um, he's jumping on board now. But no, it's good what Josh does and um, I know it's, it's helpful for my game and uh, for a lot of the other boys as well. Yeah, mate, I, I did notice that uh, a lot of blokes, though, since we started using the stat of shirtless rigs getting out, mate, uh, a lot of blokes are a bit more cautious about what they're, what they're snapped in after the game, so it's taking a little bit longer to get to the showers, which is good to see. I don't know if the uh, female yeah, exactly. punters are as happy. <laughs> no, I know. It's, um, especially Jolly with his camera once he gets in there, and no one's safe, so every, everyone's um, being a bit more wary nowadays. No, the good thing is at least Pete, when he does get around, mate, the camera stays above the way, so we don't have any concerns about offending anyone too much. Just uh, maybe if we get a few, a few of the boys' uh, rigs in there, you know, there's, there's some that are going all right, but uh, some that probably need a little bit of work still. So, yeah, you probably wouldn't want to be going to Cessna's captain coach for a rig shot. Let me tell you. <laughs> he's, well, he's got he's just had another bub, mate, so he's fully embracing the dad bot. I think. Yeah, I know he's got his third now, so it just gives him another excuse. I think. Yeah, well, that's, that's triple the reasoning to uh, to embrace the dad bod, mate. I don't know how he uh, yeah. finds the time. Three kids at home and, and, a, and a gaggle to, to manage over at Cessnock at the Goannas, mate, because uh, if my memories of, of uh, being involved in footy teams is anything, sometimes it's like managing a bunch of kids when uh, everyone gets a bit hyped up. No, exactly. Um, people have already talking about me sort of when I do retire, going into a coaching role and whatnot. No, I don't think there's enough money in the world. I don't know how people do it, to be honest. Like you said, dealing with men's worse than dealing with kids, I think. Well, mate, I did, I did see a flashback on Newcastle Rugby League the other day of Matt Lantry and when he was coaching Central, so, you know, in his earlier days of coaching the Denton Engineering or Newcastle Rugby League as it was then. And, mate, that head was a, was a luscious uh, ebony black um, and now it's um, let's just say salt and pepper might be a nice description of Matty Landry's yeah, hair now so it's obviously he's, stressful he's, 
he's got a few grades now, Matty, but no, he's um, and, and that's from someone who's been a, a really successful coach. So, how do you think the others feel? I think the hair just falls out if you're at the other end of the spectrum, maybe. So, yeah, uh, I know, yeah, it's a bit like that. Maybe Paul Cull after one year last year at Curry, that's um, that's why he's shaving it all the time now. He's uh, started to fall <laughs> out. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> mate, it's it's uh, it's an even bigger role, I think, when you take it on as Harry does and as Cull and some of the others have done. Um, captain coaching, it's even more stressful because you're trying to juggle a lot more balls in the air. But anyway, enough laying the boot into those boys, mate. Let's let's have a bit of chat about footy. Um, as I alluded to in the um, the lead in. Uh, on the scoreboard, a, a pretty solid win for you guys and a key one. Um, we we're talking off air um, in terms of the result. As much as you are happy for and grateful for two points, mate, probably uh, still some areas of improvement, you're thinking? Yeah, we, we were re- really clunky in attack. Our defence was really good, but our attack just uh, wasn't on points. Probably we had a disrupted week last week and then obviously not playing a whole lot of footy, which everyone's in the same boat, but not playing a whole lot of footy the last uh, month or so. It's... Um, it's not great ideal timing for our lead in the semis, but um, yeah, they they were up for it at the entrance. They're um, they're a good side, and yeah, the score probably didn't indicate the game. I think it was a bit. We now never felt like we'd lose a game, but um, I think we were only up by six points with yeah, like fifteen to go or something like that. So we we pulled away late, but um, yeah, no, it wasn't definitely wasn't our best performance. But that's um, you can look at the positive and the negative because we I still think we're yet to hit our straps, but um, we'd want to sort of. <laughs> pull it together soon with Sammy's only got just over a fortnight away so um, yeah it'd be good if we can start to put 80 minutes together soon yeah certainly and, and obviously things heating up as we touched on not only yourselves having a comfortable win but the other sides sitting in the top four all having big wins Macquarie and Curry really uh, really starting to hit their straps 56 nil central and Macquarie 44 nil so uh, certainly a bit of an eye on some of those other teams mate uh, in terms of those those results heading into finals the the you know, the whips are cracking and, and teams are hitting form. Yeah, I'd, um, all we can worry about is our own jobs and what we can do, but I'd be lying if I didn't um, have a look at the for and against and sort of do, do the sums to try and get an idea of um, where the comp's going to go. But I don't think you're going to know until, yeah, after that catch-up round at the end of the year because it's still, yeah, going to be up in the air. So I know Scorps have still got a catch-up in hand as well. So, and us central and them are, yeah, almost identical for and against. So, um, it's literally going to come down to that, that last game. Yeah, it's interesting because, as you say, Maitland probably in a box seat to take the minor premiership with the gap they've got atop the ladder at the moment, but uh, still plenty of permutations on how things can play out in terms of the first-grade ladder. You think Central, again, the fact that they've got that draw against Maitland um, will probably lean towards um, a, a top-three finish and probably second now. that well, I think they are locked into a top-three finish and barring something um, anomalous, but... Uh, yeah, it's certainly tight, as you say, yourselves and Macquarie. There's only, I think, six points on four and against between you. Macquarie do have that game in hand, but as we saw West versus Lakes on the weekend, West are going to be a tough challenge, adds volume. There's plenty to do, but, mate, I just wanted to, to touch on, obviously, Josh with the stats. We had him on a little bit earlier, and we're going through some of the numbers. Mate, uh, the, the standard for fullbacks certainly being set by some of the boys that are out there performing, but Cameron Anderson on the weekend, mate, the, to use super coach, which is obviously a metric that a lot of our guys know, he would have, had he been playing in the NRL, pitched 180 points in Supercoach on the weekend. How's that for some numbers? Yeah, well, he's he's hitting form at the right time of the year, Spider. We um we went to school together. He's a few years older than me. But we went to school together a ton of sports. So um, we've known each other for a while, and he's obviously been around the comp for a long time. But uh, it's a credit to him for, for how consistent he is. He's always... Um, 
one of Central's best and uh, some of the stuff he does is just he's got that he's one of those players with that knack to be in the right place at the right time so uh, we'll definitely have to shut him down this, this Sunday and that's, I was about to lead to that mate it's a, it's a good matchup for you I'm sure especially knowing each other having gone to school a couple of years apart there's you know, there's, there's always a bit of rivalry with your opposite number, but does that add a little bit for you and, and knowing that realistically and without wanting to build build him up too much, but um, he, he's probably at the moment in terms of form and with the fact that Langers has been out injured for Maitland, he's probably the, the form fullback of the competition. Yeah, no, well, to be honest, I don't uh, like, take it as, as too much of a personal challenge. I sort of worry about my game and what I can do for the team to ensure that the rest of the team is on their game to, to sort of take care of him and, and the rest of Central. I think... Um, if you start to get bogged down in sort of personal issues or like one-on-one battles, it's, um, you can make some decisions that are good for you, but not so much um, that benefit the team uh, too well. But regardless, they've got a lot of strikes uh, central. They're two centres, uh, probably the most, two most dangerous in the comp. So uh, with those two, Walshy and then uh, Spider at the back, we're going to have our work cut out for us. But uh, I reckon we'll be up for it. I'd probably prefer to have that tougher run coming into the semi like we've got anyway I think it'll hold us in good stead and really let us know where we're at uh, yeah, leading into the elimination Yeah well it certainly, certainly gives you that opportunity as you say to you know you're not, you're not going in with, without that, that challenge and that test you roll in against the top two sides over the next two weeks so great measuring stick against Central and then against Maitland you'll, you'll know where you sit coming into the finals and um, if you can manage to knock both of them off, then undoubtedly, even if you're sort of sitting, you know, even if you sit third at the end of the season, it's a nice confidence boost knowing that you've just recently rolled those top two sides. Yeah, exactly right. Our goal from the start has always been top three as well, and uh, we, we've still got that in mind. So the two bites of the cherry in this competition would definitely help, but uh, we don't we don't want to be relying on other results. Put it that way. Like you said, if we win two from two, we're assured top three. So hopefully, we can do that. Um, and, yeah, the, the rest will take care of itself. We're just worried about what we need to do. And we've got an eight-day turnaround now. Touch wood, I think um, we're pretty good in the injury department at the moment. With uh, It's been one positive about this disruptive start. I think a lot of the boys' bodies are feeling pretty well. We're not really uh, – haven't been clogged out with a lot of free being cramped in short periods like other teams. So we've benefited from that. Everyone's feeling good. And, yeah, we're, we're, we can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, it's always handy having that little bit longer turnaround, a bit of rest. And, you know, you guys are a bit of a mixed bag yourself and a couple of the others are quite young, but there's a few, uh, what's the what's the uh, politically correct way of saying this, more experienced campaigners in your squad? Yeah, well, I don't know how they do it, to be honest. I'm only 23 and I barely get up for work on a Monday. So uh, my hat's off, off to the older boys. But, yeah, like you said, it's a good mix, though. Although... Um, we might have those older heads. They're definitely, they're definitely worth their weight in gold, especially in these bigger games at the back end of the season. Uh, with Harry sort of leading us around, he's a good game manager. But then you've got, yeah, like Corey Barber and whatnot, the, the older boys up front, they just really sturdy, um, like keep our middle sturdy. Yeah, lovely, mate. Well, let's, let's have a run through this weekend's games. And there are a couple of games which sort of, well, they won't directly impact the finals, but none of these sides will take them any lighter. So let's have a look, first of all, to the Saturday game, and it's Wyong hosting Curry. Both these sides will be a little disappointed, Wyong, especially now that their season uh, won't progress to finals. That's confirmed. Uh, Curry, they'll want to bounce back from that uh, fairly lopsided scoreline last week, and both teams will have some ammunition after those results. So how do you see this one shaping up, mate? You'd have to think that Mitch Williams and his boys at home will probably be favourites against Curry, but uh, you can never write Curry off. Curry have beaten them already this year. 
yeah, you, as you said, you can never write Curry off. Uh, it's going to be a hard game to predict, actually. Both coming off uh, pretty tough losses. It's always hard to sort of predict what, what they're going to come out and do the next week. But I think it's back at Wyoming, you said. Yeah, it is. It's scheduled for uh, Murray yeah. Brown Oval. Yeah, they're hard to beat down there. So I reckon Wyoming will get, get the chockies and um, look to just yeah, build a bit of momentum. Uh, although they can't make the semis, it's, it's, um, I think they'll be too good there. Yeah, there'll certainly be some sides, and I know talking to some of the guys down at Lakes on the weekend, and we'll get the Lakes in a second, that's very much the focus for a number of these teams now is, you know, as much as there's going to be an off-season and a pre-season to come, building a bit of momentum so that for some of these squads, those players that roll over into next year, you want to head over, not, you know, on the back of three or four losses to end the season. You want to have a bit of positivity, I guess, when everyone regroups in, in you know, what is incre- increasingly a shorter period of time with, with a lot of these clubs at this tier now, you know, sort of, uh, November normally these days rather than the old days of January or February. So a bit of positivity from the back end of the season always carries a fair way. It definitely does. I know it sounds a bit silly, but when we came, I think, seventh, when it was back to eight teams in 20, 2018 it was, we came seventh, but we won our last three. And then the next year we, we made the grand final. So I know it does sound silly, but like you said, if you can just get those couple wins, they're so hard to come by in this competition. Um, if you can just, build a winning culture in your team, whether it's the first game of the year or the last game of the year, whether you make semis or whether you don't, it definitely makes a difference. Certainly does. So speaking of that, the next one up, and this one's an interesting one, you'll have some insight to the home side from last week, the entrance. They host Lakes. Lakes, they were disappointed to go down in a narrow um, loss to West last week. And and the entrance, as you said, the scoreline probably uh, didn't do them the justice they deserve. Both these sides will be stinging to try and get um, a couple of wins to finish their season. But, Again, the entrance sitting a little higher on the ladder. Lakes a very young side, so there's uh, plenty of opportunity for either side to grab the two points, but which way are you leaning? Uh, I know Lakes were in a close game, but I, I didn't really yeah, see too much of their game, but I reckon they might upset the entrance a bit. I really reckon it'll take it out of them, uh, the entrance. They have to do a lot of defence against us, and it was really a really fast-paced game. So uh, if they can bounce back, it, it'll be a good effort, but I reckon uh, Lakes might upset them down there. It'll be an interesting one to see how that one plays out and then the entrants will face that short turnaround with playing a Friday night game in the final round. The next one, this one's always an interesting one irrespective of where the two sides are on the, on the ladder, but West coming off that win, they host Souths, the old inner city rivalry. Souths will be desperate to turn around some of their recent form after a couple of losses starting to string together and even though they're locked into the top five barring some absolutely phenomenal results, I think they've got about an 80-point for and against gap and four competition points on the entrance. They won't want to continue this losing form uh, as they head towards the finals with, as you said, only a fortnight away. Uh, yeah, same thing. I'm going for an upset again. I reckon West might uh, get the chockies there. They've got a bit of momentum after that game against Lakes. And I know they've, they've got it in and to be a really, really tough side to get over. Um, I, but in, in saying that, South definitely won't be any easy beats. Bobcat will get those boys up leading into the semis. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I'll go West in an upset. It'd be an interesting one. South's got away from them very late, early in the season, and, and West have certainly improved from there. So I think that one will be an absolute cracker. To be fair, most of the games this weekend shape up really well on paper because the teams that tend to be sitting uh, reasonably close to each other in form lines. The next one before we get to your game, mate, and this one will be an interesting one to cast your eye back over once you um, ice the uh, knocks and niggles after your game on Sunday. Also Sunday, Maitland Sports Ground. Maitland versus Macquarie. Uh, these two sides are both in really good form. And uh, this will be an absolute humdinger. Maitland will want to continue winning because another win will all but guarantee them the 
minor premiership with the for and against difference. Uh, while Macquarie, they're they're still chasing and nipping at your heels for the uh, for the third spot. So this one will be uh, fairly key to both sides. Finish to the year, but again, you won't see many people. I don't think that'll want to back against Maitland here. No, as you said, the programmers have done a pretty good job this round, haven't they? There's there's a lot of really good games on. Should be really tight, but um. Again, yeah, it's just so hard to tip against Maitland, especially with Langers at the back now. It really um, gives their attack that balance with Soaps and Gary on either edge. So, yeah, I'll go them. But again, score, score some no easy beats. It'll be a, a tough game either way. Certainly, well, we saw the best of the Scorps last week and we know they can put points on if they get going. So it'll be interesting to watch. And uh, as you say, uh, when, when you can afford to uh, Matt Sopalola to be your second choice fullback, we are talking about form fullbacks and things before, um, you know, you're in a pretty good spot when you've got Daniel Langbridge and then you can unleash soap somewhere else in the in that uh, back line. So they're fairly stacked, both sides, and plenty of attacking points in it, but both able to really get into the grind as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. The final one, mate, and, and I'm looking forward to this one because there's some big boys in the middle for both sides here. Uh, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, to um, that I'm, I'm sort of singling out when I look at these games. I tend to look at a matchup and... It is the two, well, they both primarily play as interchange forwards, but they're big boppers and they like the big shots. Big Woody Baker from Central up against uh, big Sammy Mateora from your side, mate. Both probably the uh, the shot merchants of the competition. As you said, there's plenty of attack for both sides, but I'm looking forward to seeing if those two manage to come together. Uh, there might not be much left standing around them. No, I know. They're both big boys. I'll, um, I'll be doing my best to stay out of Woody's way. I know that. But as I said before, Central got strike all over the park, especially with Walshy leading them around. They, um, they're just dangerous everywhere, to be honest. But as you said, they've got between Woody Baker and Kingy, yeah, they've definitely got some size up the middle as well. They certainly do. And um, I'll tell you what, it was interesting to see that they managed to put all those points on without Luke Walsh last weekend. I think Randall Briggs was filling in in the halves for the majority of the game. And again, we talked about those super coach stats. I think he ended up posting something in the, in the 150s as well. So when you've got a guy like that who can play on the edge when you get Walshy back, as you say, it just adds so much more danger to their attack. And uh, yeah, again, I think both sides very, very stacked, and I know you'll be modest about your side, mate, but um, it'll, it'll certainly be a cracker and well worth uh, getting down to St John on Sunday afternoon, and I'm sure you'll be uh, encouraging people to come down and wear their black and gold and cheer for you guys, but a bumper crowd down there certainly won't hurt for a cracking game like this. Oh, exactly. I, I enjoy playing at Central, actually. It's always a good ground, and um, it's going to be good weather as well, so yeah, I c- can't wait for it. Yeah, good weather's unheard of at this point of uh, the season, so we'll take any sunshine yeah, we can yeah. get. I think we've got midweek predictions of, and, and even possibly the weekend of, of numbers starting with two, so that's unheard of. Sunshine and, and temperatures in the 20s, it's, uh, it'll almost be balmy, mate. There'll be boys breaking out in sweats everywhere. Yeah, I'm sick of the cold, I know that. It's not much fun getting down to Cessnock and starting training at 6.30pm, let me tell you, in the middle of winter. It's, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it, it's definitely harder to get the legs going in that, but it, it'll be nice, as you said, to, to play in around um, temperatures of around 20 degrees instead of it getting colder. I know on the weekend even, it got really cold uh, late, in the, late in the evening at the back end of our game out at Cessnock. So hopefully it's not too bad uh, down at Charlestown on Sunday. Lovely, mate. Well, a big thank you to you for coming on again. Uh, appreciate you always popping on the show. You're always happy to give your time up. And uh, good luck for the, the remaining two rounds, mate, and, and then the finals from there. Uh, always good to see the Goannas going well and uh, yeah, we wish you the best of luck for the finals and hopefully we'll be able to catch up with you deep into those finals uh, with you and the boys having a bit of a chat uh, for Lee Castle. No, no worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
All right, a big thanks to Harry O'Brien from Cessnock for joining us to talk Denton Engineering Cups. It's time to change tax now on League Castle. And thanks to Beaver Brewery, it's time to dig into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League and uh, getting into one of the competitions that we probably haven't delved enough into with our limited resources and limited time this year. We're going to get into some of the Monarch Blues Ladies League tag and we're heading to the B-grade competition uh, where we will be joined by... From the Aberglass and Ants, we're going to be joined by Kirsty Wicks, who is team manager and one of the players there. And Kirsty's going to give us a bit of an update on everything Aberglass and as well as the plans to get Aberglass and back to their powerful strengths in the future years. So, welcome to League Castle, Kirsty. Thanks. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, yeah, as I touched on there, um, a bit of a change of the guard, and we talked about it off air at Aberglass and this year, which is sort of resulted in the consolidation at the club, just the one side this year, but, but things going still quite well in terms of the culture around the place? Yeah, definitely. Look, we had some big shoes to fill um, carrying the club over to this year. Um, obviously, it's well known that our A-grade side had to fold this year with everyone sort of changing changing roles and changing jobs and, you know, life goes on. But um, the B-grade side had to to step up and you know keep the club going and we worked really really hard um and we've actually ended ended this year with a really amazing amazing team of girls that we're looking forward to the future with um you know a lot of the uh, girls are coming back next year um and yeah looking looking bright for the for the years to come after the hard work um keeping the club going this year but yeah <laughs> Yeah, lovely. Well, as you say, it has been a bit of a challenging year. And I mean, one of the great things is Aberglass and obviously a relatively new club in, in the scheme of things. Um, they built from, you know, a small base and, and created a pathway for some of those girls who've gone on and gone on to some, some really big things at the moment. You've got a couple of girls who came through that club that have gone on to play, um, you know, Q Cup Women's Rugby League and things like that. So obviously a great drawing area and, and it gives you, I'm sure, faith that there's there's you know plenty of players to draw in and opportunities that can be created from continuing to grow this club. Yeah, definitely. We've actually, you say sort of um, uh, cut, but we've actually got one of the girls that that played in the A-grade side last year that's actually playing in the NRLW this year, which is pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, you know, the club the club's relatively new, as you say, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just a great club. Like, um, for instance, I drive from Singleton to play in Aberglass, and it's just a great club. Like I just wouldn't go anywhere else. It's um, the community spirit in the club is, and the belief in the girls, and and just the support that we get is just awesome. Like it's just a great club to play for. No, well, that's great to hear. And as I sort of alluded to there, uh, obviously there's some some plans afoot, and you know, a, a goal to expand the club um, out to or back to covering. Um, I was going to say all three codes, but they're not codes, but all three, I guess, genres of rugby league that Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League services for 2023. Got some aims to get the uh, men's and women's tackle going again uh, out there at uh, McEachie's. Yeah, so at the moment, we're definitely, we, we've got some feelers out. We want to get, we want to hit the ground running in 2023. So we're really looking to recruit um, some players and coaches for um, men's tackle, women's tackle and um uh, you know, if we can get another ladies league tag team, if we get enough players, sure. Like we're just, we're just all about growing the club again and um, getting the club back up to where it was when it started. And um, you know, we spent this year putting a lot of effort into doing that. So just reaching out to see if there's anybody out there who wants to wants to come and play for a really great club. No pressure as well. Like we're an easy going club. When you know, we're not we're not aiming for um, anything great. We're just all out there, just want to have some fun and play footy. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think, I think it's something great. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to know some of, I guess, your predecessors that have been involved in the in the direction of the club. And even when they were, you know, quite successful on the field, culture was at the, I guess, the, the forefront of all of that. And it sounds like that's certainly a key focus for you. You want to grow the club, but not at the expense of that culture. And, and you know, as much as winning is enjoyable, um, enjoyment comes before winning for the club by the sound of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at our season, for instance, you know, we haven't had the best season, but um, we all walk off that field absolutely, you know, happy and loving each other and just, you know, let's let's go have a drink because <laughs> that's, that's all it is. It's just we just we're out there to have fun. We're not out there to create miracles or do anything silly. We just want to enjoy the culture, play footy and have fun doing it. So in terms of that growth plan and when we, when we look at, you know, obviously you talked about coaches and I'm sure that you're also open to, you know, people that might be interested in exploring, you know, league safe, so water running, first aid officers, all those sorts of things as well to bolster the club because they're always those sorts of volunteers are hard to come by. When we have a look at players, uh, I'm assuming then that you, you're open to those that are experienced, those that might have had a few years off or those that have never played the game game before and, and are maybe looking to try it, whether they are young, you know, or at a more advanced age in terms of, you know, maybe they think rugby league might have gone past them. There's, there's an opportunity. There's, I know there's people out there playing that are well into their 40s in the Newcastle Hunter competition. So you'd be quite open to sort of, you know, teaching the game to new people in terms of the, when those coaching staff are, you know, managed to be recruited as well. Absolutely. That's ba- what, our, what our B grade team is based off of this year. We're, um, we're a team of... Um, Ages range from 18 to 40 at the moment in the team. Um, half the team have never touched a football before. Um, you know, I started in touch footy two years ago. And now I'm, you know, playing league tag. I've never played it before. And a lot of the teams like that. So, you know, we're, we're about supporting um, all people in footy. And if you want to learn and want to just have a go, like, just, we're the team to join because there's no pressure. Um, you know, we just want to have fun and, you like you say, the support staff as well. If somebody that just can't play footy, for instance, or, you know, just wants to be involved and wants to be part of the community, um, you know, there's always spots available, um, you know, just for you to be around, be around footy and help out where you can. Um, so, yeah, like you say, water runners, um, trainers, coaches, um, canteen people, um, part of our committee helping make decisions. You know, there's always, um, there's always something for someone to do um, that just wants to be around footy and wants to be around a good bunch of people, really. Yeah, lovely. And, and I'm assuming, again, not wanting to, to jump to any conclusions because we haven't discussed this off air, but if there were people looking at those roles and you determined they were suitable either coaching, FAOs, where they require qualifications, the club would support them in, in obtaining those? Oh, yeah, definitely. The club's really supportive. So um, anything anything we can do to help and um, anything, you know, yeah, um, monetary-wise, if we're to support it, definitely. Like, the club's really open to... Not just growing players, but growing, you know, like like we spoke about, growing the club and uh, making sure that we we set people up for the future years as well. So, and that's investment for the club investing in those people. So, definitely. Yeah, well, we look forward to, to seeing that future growth. And um, I guess if people are interested, if they just wanted to have a chat about, you know, maybe obviously we're, we're quite away from it, but, you know, when pre-season starts and maybe just coming down and having a look, trying, you know, getting the footy in their hands for people that, either, as we said, haven't played recently or haven't played law before and m- meeting some people, what's the first step? You know, what's the best way about going to contact? Is it via Facebook? Where's the best way for them to find find you guys? Yeah, definitely. So um, I post a lot on our social media. So um, I'd say we'll definitely have a um, open day. Um, so keeping an eye on our, um, our social media, the Aberglass and Ants Rugby League Football Club on Facebook. Um, and we'll um, definitely have some posts up there about what we're doing and 
um, what's coming up pre-season and um, yeah, just just keep an eye on that or send us a message and I'll be happy to get back to anybody interested um, if they want to inquire early or if they want to just wait and see what we when we start up next year, you know, it's up to them, just no pressure. Yeah, pretty flexible by the sounds of it. And obviously, if you can't, if you stumble and can't find Everglass and Ants on Facebook, they can always message our page and we can put them in touch with yourself or Cameron from the club. Um, Cameron's been uh, uh, pretty vocal in, in getting in touch with us and, and trying to, you know, I know it's a big focus for you guys to try and uh, look at grow, continuing to grow this club and, and get it back to not only um, the success in terms of on-field, but certainly in terms of number and culture, as we talked about before. But I guess looking ahead, there's... there's uh, am I right in saying two or three games uh, to come for you guys? We've got uh, three games left. So we've got uh, basically two two washout rounds and, and just our final round 16 this weekend. So um, we're looking to do one wash, washout round, I think it's tomorrow night, um, one on the weekend and then um, our final washout round on the uh, 13th of August, so the weekend following. Yeah, lovely. So certainly, again, if anyone's wanting to just get a look and see, you know, what it looks like in terms of especially the league tag, because obviously it's the product that you've got ready to go. Uh, tomorrow night, I believe, so Tuesday night, which will be, um, this will be released Tuesday morning, uh, Lakeside Sporting Complex over at Raymond Terrace at 6 o'clock, or on yep. on Saturday uh, week, you'll also be at home. I think you're playing at King Edward Park at East Maitland at one thirty. Does that sound about right? Yeah, we sure are teaming up with the Griffins over there um, for our charity day, so we'll be playing over at King Edward um, on the 13th. So a great opportunity to go and have a look, even if you're, you're um, a local who's looking at the men's competition and maybe thinking about playing for Aberglass and next year, you get a good idea of what the standard is because that'll be a similar sort of standard I think you guys would be aiming for is sort of around that Northern and Southern Conference stuff to enter in the team as well. So uh, a good exposure, a good chance to enjoy a blue can and um, a steak sandwich as well while you're down and about and support the local clubs. Uh, yeah, there, definitely, so. and the charity that we're supporting. So, um, you know, charity day, so come out and we're going to have a few activities going on. So um, it'll be good. Yeah, a great opportunity to see that sort of, I guess, the culture as well then. Um, and again, I know it's been a focus over the years and ongoing with Aberglasson is to, you know, get behind those community causes as well. So do you have a little more information on, on what you're supporting there? Yeah, definitely. We're actually supporting um, a uh, cause really close to our heart. It's uh, Invictus Australia. Um, Cam- Cameron Bright, our coach, is, um, he uh, sort of served. So, um, you know, it's, it's really important to us. And we've had a lot of... Um, help in the past um, by, you know, veterans and stuff. So, you know, we're raising money um, for, for veterans um, in the sporting community and um, for them to sort of grow, um, you know, injured, coming back from injury and stuff like that. So um, it's raising money for that and uh, it's, it's really important to us to support those because we all know how, how important sport is for mental health and, um, and obviously community as well. So um, that's, yeah, really, really important to us. So we're going to have a sort of jumping castle and um, uh, fairy floss and coffee and drinks and food and all sorts of stuff happening down at King Edward Park on the 13th um, at our charity run. Obviously, the two games of footy as well. Um, that's the main attraction. Um, but yeah, so uh, look, re- look, really looking forward to that day and to hopefully get some get some good cash in for a great cause. Certainly is a great cause and great um, how Invictus do use sports to, I guess, assist with that rehabilitation of returned injured service men and women, which is a, a really good cause and, and great to see yourselves and the Griffins putting aside uh, maybe some crosstown rivalries, even though you're not uh, competing directly, um, to get together and support that cause. So um, congrats to you on that. Now, it'd be remiss of me before I let you go um, not to have a quick look ahead. We've talked about your two catch-up games, but a quick look ahead to this round that's coming up, which is round 16. The, the round numbers are all jumbled around at the moment, thanks to all the rain we've had, unfortunately. 
but round 16, which was originally meant to be our final round, but there's, uh, as we said, there have been a few rescheduled games and um, yeah, you guys have got that last little run. But let, let's have a look at the other games first and we'll finish off with, with your game. Um, an interesting one, this will be a bit of a derby down at Newcastle University. Two really strong sides in terms of the University Seahorses and the Hamilton Ducks coming head-to-head. So how do you think this one will shape up? Yeah, um, obviously the, the Seahorses are, are a force to be reckoned with um, this year. They've uh, certainly put up a good fight. And uh, the, ducks are, the Ducks are up there too. So I think it'll be a really, really, really good, uh, good match up there. Certainly will. University, the latter leaders at the moment, although they did slip up against, uh, I think it was Stroud last week, so an interesting one. Uh, this one too, a big road trip for Swansea going up to Fingal Bay. Fingal Bay, a tough road trip heading up there. They're, they're quite a strong side and they'll be there when the whips are cracking come the semis too, you'd think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, they sort of came down from A grade and um, I think when we had the regrading and that, yeah, they're, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. We actually haven't gone up against Fingal this this season yet because of the regrade. Um, we sort of played Raymond Terrace in the first round, so um, haven't quite experienced it. But looking at the scores, they're definitely going to be they're going to be up there in the finals and giving it a red hot go. I think yeah, they'll certainly be right there. Uh, the next one, Stroud, as we said, they knocked off the ladder leaders in uni last week, Clarence Town. It's a nice little local rivalry. Uh, Clarence Town probably not as successful as they might have hoped this year, but if they want to have any chance of playing finals, this is a win they need to get um, to close that gap on those sides sort of sitting just above them in, in Dungog and Swansea. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, yeah, Clarence Town probably were hoping for a much better season, but um, they're still they're still a great side and um, have really really given it a go this, this year and, um, yeah, hoping, hoping for them for the win. It'll be an interesting little rivalry, that one, because their men's team are a combined effort. So um, not sure which bits of the men's side will be supporting which bit of the girls when they come <laughs> head-to-head. Uh, yeah, for sure. The, the final one is a couple of sides that sort of sit down in the, the bottom half of the ladder with yourselves. It's Shortland versus Westwalls, and both of them out of the finals race a little bit like the Ants. Um, but undoubtedly, like yourselves, would be liking to get maybe one or two wins, if possible, to uh, finish their season off. So uh, this will be an interesting one at Tuxford. But you think Shortland at home probably might be slight favourites to uh, add to their tally, but not much separating them. Oh, yeah, I think I'd have to probably go Shortland on that one. <laughs> and the final one, I know who you're going to be tipping here, but uh, this is a big game for both sides. Aberglassen will be looking to break their duck dungog. Really keen to make sure they uh, continue in the finals hunt. They sit two points out of fifth place at the moment behind Swansea. You're going to have your work cut out for them, but undoubtedly I'm, I'm sure you're uh, thinking that it might be an opportunity to sneak under the radar and maybe nab your first win of the season or, or at least get a few of the girls across for some tries and maybe off that nudie run at the end of the year. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, this, this weekend's definitely our weekend. Um, I know I've said that a few times, but um, we played Dungles at home uh, in our previous rounds and we, we gave them the red hot go for their money. So, um, you know, I'm pretty hopeful that this weekend is probably going to be our, our weekend. So look out, Dungog, here we come. <laughs> yeah, I think last time you played it might have been 6-0, so only one try in it. So yeah, um, defence might win this one by the sound of it. And as you say, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you, you're obviously due for a win and ready to go. Yeah, definitely. The girls are passionate and pumped, ready to hit the ground running on Saturday. And um, yeah, hoping for hoping for the win, obviously, always. But if we don't, that's fine. We've had it. We've had fun this season, and um, yeah, it's been great. And the teams have been all been really good, and just glad to play some footy after all this rain. Yeah, I love the positive attitude, and, and that's exactly right. Like. Uh, obviously, the enjoyment is the, is the first factor there. If you can get a win, well, that'll be a nice bonus. And uh, I'm sure uh, if you can, if you can win one or two of the ones on the right way home, it'll be a real sweet finish to the season for Aberglassen. But thank you again uh, for coming on tonight. Uh, a reminder to anyone if they are interested in 
dabbling for the first time, returning, or you're just looking for you know change of scenery, or you might have relocated up to the uh, Maitland region, you're looking for that new side, uh, Aberglassen would be more than keen to uh, bring players on board for next season. So reach out to the club via Facebook. If you can't find them with the Aberglassen Ants Facebook page, then reach out via Leadcastle and we'll put you in touch. But um, again, a big thank you to you for coming on tonight, giving up a little bit of your time. I know uh, with a few other commitments, including a little one, which again, hats off to you. You're just filling me in eight weeks after a bub, you were back on the field, which is very impressive. So if there's anyone out there thinking they're too old or they've got other ailments that are, that are holding them up, I think I think your uh, inspiration as to why they should be back out on the paddock uh, and, and pulling on the boots for the ants in 2023. Absolutely. Look, Chris, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. And yeah, let's get, let's get these ants going. Like, Come and, come and meet us. <laughs> no, lovely. Well, thank you, Kirsty. Good luck for your remaining three games, and, and we look forward to seeing the Ants going to back to their uh, thriving numbers in 2023. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for your time. Well, that brings us to a close for another episode of League Castle. Uh, another bumper episode. A big thanks to Kirsty to Harry, and of course to Josh, the ever-returning Josh Spiegelman, our stats guru, uh, for all their time and uh, an in-depth look at their relevant and relative competitions. Uh, as I said in the intro, make sure to give us a follow on our social media channels, Castle AU and Castle AUS on Instagram and Facebook, respectively. Plenty of stats-based content coming, plenty of other content, some more player profiles coming in the next couple of weeks as well as we build towards the back end of the season. So uh, really looking forward to getting those out there and getting the engagement on them. Uh, But of course, a big thanks as well, not just to our guests, but to our partner businesses. Shipley Meats at Rutherford, Beaver Brewery is bringing us the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. Junkyard Skips, who support all of our Denton Engineering Cup competitions. And Sharp DS Central Coast, bringing us Central Coast Rugby League scoreboards. So, Plenty happening across all of those competitions as they all head into finals. The competitions are heating up and we look forward to bringing you more rugby league content in the coming weeks as we head towards the big dances in each of the respective competitions in a few weeks' time. Big thanks again for tuning in. Get down and support your local rugby league club this weekend or your chosen one if you need to travel to go and do so. Buy a blue can, dig into a steak sanger and enjoy some good quality top local footy and hopefully some sunshine Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you with all your local rugby league coverage for Newcastle and Hunter Valley next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lead Castle, Newcastle Hunters, home rugby league.